So, hey, everybody, this is Eric Mann. You're on Voices from the Frontlines, your national movement-building show. And today, we're on the National Pacifica Archives, which means that all five stations are listening, we hope. And the stations are KPFA in Berkeley, KFCF in Fresno, WBAI, the famous BAI in New York, where I was born. KPFK 90.7 in Los Angeles, where I am now. And KPFT 90.1 in Houston, Texas. WPFW 89.3 FM in Washington, D.C., where I organized for the Congress of Racial Equality. So I've been pretty much with all of you. And today we're going to raise some serious money for the Pacifica Archives. So this is not, that's what we call uh, Voices from the Frontlines, your national movement-building show. So here's what we're going to try to do. We're going to try to raise a lot of money. We're going to listen to some amazing clips, starting with the present and going backwards. So the number to call is 800-735-0230. And you can also go on support. P-R-A, PacificaRadioArchives.org, to make the contribution. Uh, Mark's going to explain a little bit about the archives. We're very happy to be joined by Alan Minsky, the former program director at KPFK and who helped us start the show, Voices from the Frontlines. I'm the only one who was able to recruit him to be on this program. All right. <laughs> Alan, hey, great I'm to have you. real good. So thrilled to have both to join both of you. I wish I was there in person. This is going to be a great hour, and I just look forward to hearing what Eric has to say about the clips, hearing the clips, and encouraging folks out there to call in and support this incredible, incredible treasure trove of history that has to remain preserved here, the Pacifica Radio Archives. So thank you so much, Eric and Mark, and great to be here with you. We're also with Channing Martinez, one of the really finest young organizers in L.A. who's helping us fight to get the police out of the schools, the police off the buses and trains, trying to stop attacks, black, attacks on black passengers. He's a reader. He's a writer. He's a historian. How you doing, Channing? I'm doing great. It's 
great to have this trio back still reflecting on that <laughs> that's true we all did on uh paul robeson and we were just creating magic on that show and so it's great to have it back and this is of course mark torres why don't you introduce yourself and then i got an introduction and we're going to raise some serious money for the archive now you got to remember one of the reasons we're raising money is to just keep Mark alive. He's been <laughs> he's been on this show for about twelve hours already. Probably prepped for it for another months and months and months. <laughs> I have something to say, but go ahead first. All Introduce right. yourself, Mark Torres. Okay, my name's Mark Torres. I'm the director of the Pacifica Radio Archives, welcoming all five Pacifica stations. We do this once a year. People talk about fun drives on the stations that last forever. Well, the Pacifica Radio Archives uniquely goes on a national broadcast for one day, once a year. That's all we do. And what we are doing is we're taking it to our listeners to help us restore the great history of the Pacifica Radio Network since 1949. And the treasure trove of recordings it amounts to 60,000 recordings of of legends of every movement that Eric has ever dreamed about being a part of. The founders of many of these movements, whether it's the labor movement, women's movement, indigenous rights movement, LGBTQ movements, transportation, environment movement. I mean, we have Rachel Carson at the Women's National Press Club because the the regular press club wouldn't let women in in the early 1960s. So 800-735-0230. I'm going to interrupt Mark so we can keep going. Because go. we want to start raising some serious money, and I have some thoughts in a minute. Keep going, Mark. All right. We only need 20 people, ladies and gentlemen, to reach our goal. If we get 20 people calling at the $250 donation level, we reach our goal of 5,000 now. Earlier today, we had an hour that did seven. And I think this hour will impact you enough for you to get to the phone right now and write down this number because people say that I say it too quickly. So write it down, 1-800-735-0230. If we get 20 people calling in the five Pacifica listening areas, of Los Angeles, San Francisco, Bay Area, Berkeley, Oakland, New York City, Brooklyn, Long Island, New Jersey, the tri-state area, Washington, D.C. on WPFW and KPFT Houston, Texas. We can do 20 people calling in across the nation, Eric. That's national community building. Well, you know, Mark called me up, and he's a really good organizer. He said, Eric, I need you to do the archives again. You are so great. Now, for the other people, he, he didn't say that to you. You are, no, you, Eric, the way you raise money, the way you can get people to want to give to the archives. And I said, Mark, I, I'm the greatest. I'm the prettiest. I can float like a butterfly. I can, oh, no, I'm a Jewish kid from Brooklyn. Okay, that was Muhammad Ali. But the point is we can raise serious money for Pacifica. And I'm going to do something I haven't done in a long time, which is, uh, our organization, the Labor Community Strategy Center, is going to pledge $250. There's the first. Wow. And then I'm going to, my wife Leanne and I are going to pledge $250. There's the second. Okay. So, folks, it ain't that hard, is it? You just say $250. And, Mark, tell us, as they say, and tell our listeners what they've won. Well, they do win because you're getting a Smithsonian of sound 
1,400 recordings hand-curated by myself and the Pacifica Radio Archive staff. The best of the best. From Dr. W.E.B. Du Bois, Paul Robeson, Langston Hughes, Allen Ginsberg, Howard Zinn, Edward Said, Maya Angelou, the poets, the musicians, Bob Dylan, the activists. Lorraine Hansberry. Lorraine Hansberry, James Baldwin. Alice Walker. I mean, it just goes on and on. Lots of uh, winners of great accolades who got their start right here on Pacifica Radio. And this collection amounts to 60,000 tapes. Wow. And that is a vast collection of information that needs to be shared with the world. And in order to share it, we've got to digitize it first so we can get it online. And this is where you come in, the listener. $250 restores the tape. It's not easy to do. You have to inspect it, find out what the formula is, possibly bake it to take the moisture out of it so we can play it and transfer it to digital format. Then we have to enter the metadata so that we get the description correct, and then we got to upload it online so that you, the listener, can listen to it and catalog it. So the process is a $250 process with very specialized experts in each one of these areas, and it's not cheap, but we've already done 15,000 of these, Eric, and, and we want to do the rest of our collection by 2025. That's when the Library of Congress says it's not going to be affordable to do it after that. So we've got the Swiss-made, handmade, reel-to-reel machines ready to go. We just need your listener donations. $250 donation, you get this encyclopedia of sound of Pacifica Radio, 1,400 programs, a who's who's list of anybody that you can imagine is on this one jump drive, and we're going to get it out to you by the holidays. All right, so what I'm going to do now is uh, D'Angelo Jones, if we can play the first clip, let me explain the frame. This is not yet in the archives, but it's going to get in the archives. I mean it. So uh, I just spent the weekend talking. This is about COP26, what's happening right now in Glasgow, which is a catastrophe, as always, that the United States is presiding over. I had a wonderful one-hour talk with uh, uh, Mina Rahman, who's one of the leaders of the Third World Network. Amazing. And you're going to listen to her, and then we're going to go and ask you to give some money to that. Then we're going to listen to Malcolm X, and then we're going to have Alan and Channing come in after those two clips. So, D'Angelo, why don't we start with one clip at the top, and then we'll go to Malcolm We'll take a break, and then we'll do the Malcolm X, and then Alan and Channing will come on. This is Eric Mann. You're on Voices from the Frontlines, your national and your international movement building show. I'm here today with Mina Roman with the Third World Network, who I've known pretty much forever. I'm one of the leaders of the Third World movements in the world, but especially inside the United Nations, where there's just an endless fight with the EU and the United States who are trying to take over the world. And as everybody knows, the Strategy Center is allied with the Third World, and our members are primarily Black and Latinx, and so we consider ourselves part of the Third World inside the United States. There's a guy named Joe Manchin, who's an idiot from West Virginia, who represents the coal industry. He has one vote, but that one vote is for coal, 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 and Biden needs that one vote. So... Biden said, please do something so I can go to Glasgow and look good. 
Well, from somebody in the United States, he didn't look good before he went, and he doesn't look good now. So who in the third world do you think is doing the best job of trying to reduce its own emissions? Let's talk about China and India. The rich world, when it became rich, now how did it become rich? It became rich because there was no constraint on emitting, relying on fossil fuels and becoming rich. They didn't become rich because, you know, the U.S. is smarter or the Europeans are smarter. It's not because you all are smarter than the rest of us. It's because of the history of colonialism and the Industrial Revolution and not being constrained at that time. And then for all our, our economies to be oriented in the way of the Western world, you know, all the, the factories and whatever, as you know, were exported to China. So it became the, the manufacturing basket for the rest of the world. And then all the products that are produced goes back to the Western world in terms of consumption. So if you really look at how much of China's emissions is China's own emissions, you right. would, we should be asking about how much of that production emissions is actually Western-oriented, right. uh, both from the production side and the consumption side. You will see a different equation. And in fact, the richest 10% of the world are the ones who are emitting uh, most of the emissions, more than, uh, of, you know, almost 60% of the emissions, 10% of the world with 60% of the emissions. And of the richest people, the bulk of them are in the Western world. So what, however you look at it, this issue of equity becomes a very important aspect. And the United States hates the word equity. Right. Um, and they completely try to obliterate that. And historical responsibility, equity, all that are dirty words for them. So you see right away, I asked Mina a simple question, and she has to start with an anti-imperialist analysis, because that's how the third world begins every sentence, and that's how we do. Now you're going to listen to another person. So you're already, uh, that's going to be up on our podcast. It's not yet... Uh, we just did the uh, recording with us Sunday, which is amazing. If you go on VoicesFromTheFrontlines.com, if it's not up now, it'll be up by tomorrow. You'll already see Judas and the Black Messiah there. Uh, it's an amazing website, uh, and this is part of this show, right? So if you want to give money, it's 800 735 to the Pacifica archives, so voices like Mina's can also be in the archives. Now we're going to go to a clip from Malcolm X, and then Channing and Alan are going to come in. Islam is my religion, but I believe my religion is my personal business. It governs my personal life, my personal morals. And my religious philosophy is personal between me and the God in whom I believe, just as the religious philosophy of these others is between them and the God in whom they believe. And this is best this way. Were we to come out here discussing religion, we'd have too many differences from the outstart, and we could never get together. So today, though Islam is my religious philosophy, my political, economic, and social philosophy is black nationalism. You and I... (laughs) 
As I say, if we bring up religion, we'll have differences, we'll have arguments, we'll never be able to get together. But if we keep our religion at home, keep our religion in the closet, keep our religion between ourselves and our God, but when we come out here, we have a fight that's common to all of us against the enemy who is common to all of us. The political philosophy of black nationalism only means that the black man should control the politics and the politicians in his own community. The, the, time, the time when white people can come in our community and get us to vote for them so that they can be our political leaders and tell us what to do and what not to do is long gone. By the same token, the time when that same white man, knowing that your eyes are too far open, can send another Negro into the community, get you and me to support him so he can use him to lead us astray, those days are long gone. The political philosophy of black nationalism only means that if you and I are going to live in a black community, and that's where we're going to live, because as soon as you move into one of their, as soon as you move out of the black community into their community, it's mixed for a period of time, but they're gone, and you're right there all by yourself. We must, we must understand the politics of our community. And we must know what politics is supposed to produce. We must know what part politics play in our lives. And until we become politically mature, we will always be misled, led astray, or deceived or maneuvered into uh, supporting someone politically who doesn't have the good of our community at heart. So the political philosophy of black nationalism only means that we will have to carry on a program, a political program of re-education to open our people's eyes, make us become more politically conscious, politically mature. And then we will, whenever we get ready to cast our ballot, that ballot will be, classed for, uh, will be cast for a man of the community who has the good of the community at heart. And so I want to introduce one of my favorite black nationalists, Channing Martinez. We need you to give money to the Pacifica Radio Archives, one 800 Seven three five, oh two three oh. I got news, Eric. Yes, uh, I just got a text from upstairs where our phones are, and somebody pledged. We have two matches actually. Right. The first one is for a thousand dollars, and that requires four people to donate at the two hundred fifty dollar level, and their money will go twice as far, and this thousand dollar match will kick in, and that's a really good start for the show. Fantastic. So a thousand dollar match. We need four people calling in, 1-800-735-0230. And if we make that in the next few minutes, another $1,000 rolls in from our matchmaker. Well, that's fantastic. Now, folks, you know I've already given 250 That don't count, though. My 250 don't yeah, count. Yeah, it came in after that. No, no, that's not. <laughs> that's called the ex post facto rule. All right, but that's fair. Whatever it is. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> the, the main point is it's great. We need four people. To give it the $250 level, that's phenomenal. Whoever gave that 1000 thank you, sister. Thank you, brother. Thank you, 
person of whatever, whoever you are. We appreciate it a lot. Channing Martinez, what are you thinking? Uh, well, first of all, that is a really great contribution, and I'm really looking forward to four people calling in. The second thing is just hearing the words of Malcolm X again over and over are, is so refreshing. And, you know, I'm working inside of three high schools, Augustus Hawkins High School, Roosevelt High School, and Oji High School. And it is heartbreaking to see that students aren't really hearing the words of Malcolm X anymore. They're barely even hearing the words of Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks. All of those are great revolutionaries who we've complained for years, why are you only teaching about them? And now they're barely even teaching about them. So it makes the archives so much more important to get a a USB drive and donate it to local schools and make sure to donate to the Strategy Center and donate it to groups that are trying to bring these type of ideas into the next generation of youth organizers. And so just want to reinforce folks to call in right now, 800-735-0230. Again, 800-735-0230. Alan Minsky, Minsky, what's Uh, up? Yeah, I mean, I I have to amplify what Channing Martinez just said right there. Just the, the power and presence and the resonance of the analysis uh, from Malcolm X, to hear his voice. Every teacher out there, you know, should be playing Malcolm X in their classrooms, junior high, high school, earlier even, certainly in college and universities. So this is where you get the actual speeches of Malcolm X. This is as broad a collection as available anywhere, and you can pick it up now by calling 800 800- Seven three five zero two three zero, but it's even more important that money goes towards preserving and propagating the voice of Malcolm X. So you're not only getting to hear Malcolm yourself, you're not only getting the opportunity to teach by allowing students to hear the voice of Malcolm X. You can share this with friends, you can listen to it yourself, you can learn from it, and you can support the institution that will certainly be on the forefront of keeping that voice and other essential voices alive. 800-735-0230. The Pacifica Radio Archives operates thanks to your generosity. Please call. Please donate. 800-735-0230. And, well, I'll say more later. Back to you, Eric. Well, one thing I want to add, and thanks, Alan, thank you, Channing, is that we have to understand that, I'm working on a brochure now for something called the National Leadership School for Strategic Organizing, and I've been working on this introduction forever, and I've been tripping on it in some ways, and I've finally just come in and say, I want to say what I want to say. And what I want to say is that the reason this movement of the 60s worked is because we said we're fighting for a revolution. We used the word, well, who are you fighting for? The third world. Who are you fighting against? U.S. imperialism, the white power structure. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And when women got involved, they called it the Women's Liberation Movement because many of them had been involved in the anti-war and the Black Liberation Movement, and they wanted to be part of a third world liberation movement. Then when the Gay Liberation Front, you all hear about Stonewall and all that stuff, what you don't know is that they were often anti-imperialist gay uh, and lesbian people at the time. So they call themselves the Gay Liberation Front. We talk about capitalism, imperialism, socialism, communism. We used analytical phrases 
So when Malcolm X says, I am a black nationalist, the only people I know who say that right now, there's a few, is, is a lot of the people at the Strategy Center who say, stop MTA genocide against the black nation. Now, nobody talks like that at a government agency. We do. And we also talk to the CEO. And we also talk to members of the board. And we can make sense. What you don't understand is you've been told that if you say black nationalism right now, you will be isolated. No. You're isolated because you don't talk about black nationalism. You talk about social justice, equity. Uh, You don't want to talk about the system because the system is telling you if you talk about the system, you will be punished. And, yeah, well, so what? That's the whole point of a revolution is you fight back and they fight back. So 1-800-735-0230. The specific element of what Malcolm was doing at that time is he was moving away from the nation of Islam. How come he kept saying, I want to separate religion and politics, when the, mm. the nation of Islam was saying, no, you can't separate it. You must be uh, uh, believe in Islam and you must be a black revolutionist. Malcolm was leaving the nation of Islam. He was now speaking and saying, I am a black nationalist. I want to put religion to the side. Because he decided that as good as the nation of Islam was in many ways, it could not unify the black community with a specifically religious perspective. He needed a secular, anti-imperialist perspective to unite black people. 1-800-735-0230. So if you believe in black nationalism, when I ask Mina, she starts out by saying, well, the West has pillaged China. The emissions from China should not be counted against China. They should be counted against Apple, who put the factories in there. They should be counted against the U.S. imperialists, who put the factories there. How come the United States has its own emissions, then it has its military emissions, which it will not allow you to count, And then it has its emissions all over the world from its military bases, from its factories that are spewing pollution, because third world nations need that industrial production in order to learn some of the technology themselves. So if this makes sense to you, 1-800-735-0230. And one more thing. Why do you think that the pathetic Democrats lost in uh, Virginia. Well, for many pathetic reasons. One, because Terry McAuliffe is a pathetic excuse for a human being. And if you want to run a center-rightist in Virginia, that's what you're going to get. But the biggest reason is because the Republicans now have their issue, critical race theory. Now, folks, I want to say this carefully. I'm not an advocate of critical race theory. I'm not against it, but I'm in favor of anti-imperialist race theory. Critical race theory is an interesting thing. There's some people mainly in the university who put together some very important thoughts that they call critical race theory. But when we want to get Malcolm into the schools, it doesn't have to be critical race theory. It can be worse. It could be black liberation theory. But here's the problem. White people hate to be criticized by black people. So now the big issue is going to be, who are you criticizing me? Just because I stole the country, just because I committed genocide against the indigenous people, just because I'm murdering black people in the streets today, how dare you attack white America? And I'm scared. I'm scared because this is a white settler state. So what I'm getting to is the Pacifica archives are the very history 
that now they're trying to keep out of the schools. Critical race theory could be using uh, this great collection, except for one problem. They're going to get fired in a lot of schools if you bring this into the school. Let's be honest. So all the more reason why the Pacifica Archives is critical. Do I have already four people at $250? I would hope That's so. That's a good question. Do I have four people at $250? Because I'm talking about this because we need the Pacifica Archives. 1-800-735-0230. I said, I've given $250. My wife and I always contribute to... My wife, Leanne, and I always contribute to Pacifica a lot. <laughs> and uh, not just once, but four, five, six times a year, apparently. And then the labor community strategies are going to give them $250. So the first two are free, you could say. If we get four more, yeah, that gets us to well, $1,500, and it gets us the $1,000 match, where that gets us to $2,500, which is half of the minimum goal. 1-800, come on, folks, you can do this. We're close. 800-735-0230. What do we got? You know, um, we have two people that have donated so far. We need two more. And, you know, the things that Eric is saying right now is really profound. It's it's simple, but it's profound. And the ignorance that um, school administrators and, and people who are controlling the school curriculums and the books that are allowed in classrooms, they want us ignorant. That's right. They can manipulate us if we're ignorant. And when you say yes to Pacifica Radio, you are saying yes to insightfulness and analysis and um, and the critical content that will allow you to learn from our past efforts so that we can be more effective in our current efforts. And Eric, you've seen the movements of the civil rights movement. This is pre-NPR. Pacifica's lugging reel-to-reel machines out into the field yes, and getting these recordings and the strategies that were used, like how do we cross the bridge at Selma? I don't know. That's amazing. <laughs> and, and you hear the microphone in there where they're discussing how we're going to do it. Guess what? We have bridges we have to cross today. Do we want to reinvent the wheel or do we want to learn from the masters of one of the most important moments in American history during the civil rights movement? And Eric, you lived through those times. There's lessons that were learned. There are mistakes that were made and there were accomplishments that were made that allowed us to have a black president, for example, that would never have been possible in the 1960s. But here we are today, and there's so much more to go. We have a long way to go. But the lessons learned from the materials of these incredible leaders in each one of these movements is in the Pacifica Radio Archives and on this gift of 1,400 hours on one USB drive for a $250 donation. And that was the voice of Mark Torres, who lives this stuff, breathes this stuff, uh, one eight hundred seven three five zero two three zero. Alan Minsky. Yes, absolutely, Eric and Mark. And you know the wealth of content uh, that exists at the Pacifica Radio Ar- Archives is staggering. It is the history not only of our time; it is the history of our movements in our time. And the material that is there is—it just runs so deep. Uh, one of the reasons that uh, the largest collection 
of um, speeches by Martin Luther King are available through the Pacific Radio Archives in the largest collection that exists outside of the uh, collection that is owned by the King family itself is because people from Pacifica Radio went out and recorded the speeches in the field. And they were broadcast on Pacifica Radio, and therefore uh, they are um, the uh, they're up in the Pacifica Radio archives and available to the people who donate. And I believe that entire collection of speeches is available when you call, and you'll get it at 800-735-0230, including the entire Malcolm X collection. Same story again. These were recorded largely by people at WBAI Radio in New York City in real time. They are the original historic documents themselves. And so there's no, you know, yes, we can all read about Malcolm X and interpret Malcolm X. Um, we can place Malcolm X in historical context, but there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that surpasses hearing one of the great orators in human history, the words themselves. It's absolutely a spectacular experience, a priceless experience. And by supporting the Pacifica Radio Archives, you not only get this massive collection of brilliant audio material, you allow this institution to continue on for these voices to be preserved for people today and in future generations. Before so, you go, Channing, all I want right to... now, 800... Go ahead, Eric. Yes. No, you go ahead. Please, Alan. Oh, 800-735-0230. 800-735-0230. I just want to say before Channing comes on that, you know, in terms of a national broadcast... Uh, I was born in Brooklyn, Flatbush area. I moved to Valley Stream, the great white wasteland of <laughs> Long Island that should have been obliterated, but I was that's where I was. Uh, then I went to Cornell University, so I went to upstate in Ithaca. Then I worked with the Congress of Racial Equality, which a lot of you people still know me from who are my age. And I was so blessed. This was 1964. I worked with, uh, God, James Farmer and oh, wow. with uh, George Wiley and with with uh, Jim McLean and these amazing. I was in an office with civil rights legends, living legends who were my teachers. Malcolm, we knew Malcolm. Malcolm was on the streets of Harlem. We we knew the brother before he was Malcolm. He was Malcolm, and we all knew Malcolm. And we we listened to him. There's a great thing I believe that you have in the archives of Malcolm X and Fannie Lou Hamer having a yeah, conversation. That's right. Which is one of the, you don't even know that Malcolm was influencing the Mississippi Freedom Democratic Party. You heard of Fannie Lou Hamer, you heard of Malcolm. You didn't know that Malcolm and Martin and Fannie Lou and SNCC and CORE, we were all together talking about a revolution, Students for Democratic Society. Then I moved to the Newark Community Union Project. So when every time... Mark's going, well, if you live in Long Island, if you live in New York, if you live in the Newark area, yeah, I worked in the black and lived in the black community for two years with the Newark Community Union Project. I worked for the, the Ken Gibson, who was the first uh, black mayor of Newark. I worked for him in 67 or 66, I think, when he ran and did really, really well. He didn't win, but he scared the hell out of you, Adonisio, and he won four years later. Yeah. Uh, my point is... The Strategy Center itself calls itself your national movement-building show and an international movement-building show because that's what we are. And without the archives, I'm scared. I mean, you don't understand that from 1980 on, from Ronald Reagan on, there's been what's called a counter-revolution. 
and Hayakawa and Reagan and Clinton, both horrible Clintons. I mean, God, how could the two of them be in the same room together? You know, two <laughs> of the most lethal, toxic people. Well, that's why they're in the same room together. So the point is, they have tried to destroy our history. History is a dirty word. Revolutionary history has been pretty much obliterated, folks. I mean, it is being obliterated as we speak. So if we're pouring our heart out to you right now, which we are, and saying at least for $250, one of the people already gave 1000 and I'll say again, I gave 250 and the Strategy Center has given 250 can we get those four people to get us to that $2,500 mark? Okay, uh, I, I have news. I have an update. We got the four people woo! plus your two. That's six. We need 14 more for the hour, but we made the match. Fantastic. It uh, really is fantastic. All right. So the now, listeners are listening in all five listening areas are from all over the country. All right. So look, if you're from D.C. core, I was in D.C. and I led the Trailways bus, bus boycott. I was in Baltimore and I work with the Mississippi Freedom Democratic Party. We have one call from Baltimore, Maryland. All right, Baltimore. Come on. <laughs> you can do this. I know. I hey, love Brooklyn, it too. Brooklyn, what's wrong with you guys? Call up. She's actually the the donor is from another archive in Baltimore called the Pratt Archives. Fantastic! Yeah, big, big props. Uh, is a sister? Yes. Well, thank you so much because you understand each other, right? We understand each other. You know, I'll say another thing, pretty personal, which is, I'm really happy. I'm in very good physical shape. I've had some rough times, but right now, but my friends are dying. You know, of people my age, Bob. Moses just died. Yeah. You know, uh, people died. Jim Foreman died. James Farmer died. George Wiley died in a, in a boating accident, of all things. So for those of us who are alive, who understand what we did, not just hurt, what we built with our bare hands, we have to become the teachers and we have to build this archives. Because this archives is our archives. Yes, This is our contribution to history. The great Lorraine Hansberry died in her 30s of cancer. But she lives through me. She lives through the, she does. She lives through the Strategy and Soul bookstore. She lives through Voices from the Frontlines because we're always going to play her. And she lives in these archives. Now, look, we're doing great, folks. I think you're starting to get it, okay? 800-735-0230. Come on. We got to get five, six, seven thousand $7,000. We already got 2500 Channing Martinez, and then I want to play... Uh, if it's okay, D'Angelo, another quote from Mina and another quote from Malcolm. Channing Martinez. Sure. I, uh, thank you, Eric, and thank you for all your comments. I want to throw another perspective in there, which is that I always talk about the strategy center saying that we're building a machine to take on the system. And when I hear Mark talking about the archives and the you know, really fascinated and complicated process it takes to digitize all of those audio archives, for them to be used. It's so interesting to me because the system has its own archives as well. So when you think about the Getty Museum, they're archiving. When you think about LACMA, they're archiving. The system is also trying to tell its own history, even if it's not revolutionary or not. And Pacifica Archives is an archive, you know, element of KPFK, of Pacifica Radio, that, you know, even in the competition to archive the history ourselves and tell the history from our own stories. And so the support for the Pacifica Archives is so important to maintain that element of the movement. 
how do we continue to tell our own history of the movement? So just want to encourage folks again, 800-735-0230. Again, 800-735-0230. And Channing, where'd you go to junior high? Where'd you go to high school? And where'd you go to college? Sure. I went to Audubon Middle School, Crenshaw High School, Otis College of Art and Design. All of these are obviously system-based schools. But <laughs> one thing that I learned, <laughs> one thing I learned, though, is you have to be in the system, right? And you have to be in the system to be able to use the system to benefit the movement. And I think that's one thing that KPSK and the Pacifica Archives does well, that we are in we're on the air. We're competing with other system-based radio stations, and we're, we have our own archiving uh, element of the system, so we can archive our own history. I just want to, well, no, I won't say anything more. What you just said is brilliant, Channing. Alan Minsky, then we're going to go to uh, Mina Rahman, and then we're going to go to uh, Malcolm X. And come on, folks, while you're listening, one 800 and voices listeners all over the country. Come on, do this for CORE, do this for SNCC, do this for Malcolm, and do this for yourself. I mean, giving, I love to give. I raise a lot of money, and I give a lot of money. We're, right? on, the, we're on the verge of being the best hour this whole this whole um, yeah. broadcast. Um, $7,000 is our current standard for the best hour that was done at 10 a.m., but we have the momentum at a very early stage that could get us to to exceed that to maybe even ten thousand dollars. That's actually the second match. I'm, I'm not sure we want to announce that. One, no, but, tell me what the match is. But it it really it was ten thousand dollars. We had a ten thousand dollar match, and um, I didn't know if I wanted to do that over a, a few hours, but it's possible we could do it hey, in this folks, hour. That would be this. a big challenge. That though. would be. Can you wait a minute? Wait a minute. <laughs> Uh, look, uh, here's an example. I'm giving another $250, and the strategy center is going to give another 250 This is not a joke, folks. This is real money that I have. You know what I mean? This is We're not just throwing this money around. Wouldn't it be cool if we raised $10,000 and somebody matched it and we got $20,000 for the Pacifica Archives? I mean, that's off the chart great. So let's come on, folks. This could, let's make some history together today. And we could record history, and everybody will get this phenomenal uh, gift as well. Uh, let's listen to Mina and then listen to Malcolm. Uh, come on, and, and somebody give $5,000 while we're doing this. Uh, it's possible. I know. I know it is. 800-735-0230. We want to be number one. Let's do this. So now that Biden is back, I mean, the whole world is again, like, you know, how do we keep the United States in? So, you know, it has to be the U.S. way or no way. And this is not what we can stand for. You know, it came to Kyoto and then it walked out. It came to Paris and then walked out. Now you come back again and you say that it is on our terms. No way, no way, Jose, as we would say. So, so the point is this, that I was also talking about how very little carbon budget left. Right, right. And the rich world, they've all come here with net zero pledges. I think your audience needs to understand this. The Paris Agreement never talked about a country by country net zero. It talked about a global aspiration to what they what the term they used was balance between emissions and sinks by mid-century, which is interpreted to be net zero globally. 
But when you have the developed world together with the UN and others um, pushing them to say all countries go to net zero. So you have the US net zero by 2050, UK net zero by 2050 and others. It is unfair because there is no more room for the rich world to continue emissions. Right. That, that 500 gigaton budget that we are talking about, actually the reason why only so little is left is because of the overuse of atmospheric space, which is actually about 60% of that space being used by the rich world, um, the Western world. So you can't come and say, oh, we're going to do net zero and we're going to be heroes. You're really far away from what you need to do. In fact, a lot of US groups, climate justice movements, they use this term called fair shares. World overview, what's a fair share? And if they look at what um, the US ought to do, they talk about US has to reduce emissions by 190%. Right. So coming and saying we are going to do net zero by 2050, Biden is no hero. He, and if we allow the, the rich world to pretend as if they're going to save the world, and they're not telling you about the remaining budget, and there's really a big smokescreen here. So you have the UK and others who are going to say, oh, we've got so many countries um, who have announced net zero pledges. We are on the path to keeping 1.5 degree alive, and we are going to use carbon markets and carbon offsets and we are going to invest in forests, and we have trillions of dollars playing a lot of smokescreen and greenwashing. Right. So for people who don't sleep, look at what's behind all this, um, it's, it's very, very tragic that there is, a, there is an attempt to actually pull wool over our eyes. It's a big illusion. Well, that's an amazing voice. Uh, you know, I was just thinking about... Uh, you know how I ended up giving those two other contributions that I don't know where did that voice come out of my mouth. I wasn't planning on it. But, you know, at the Strategy Center, we have these fundraising parties, and it's in my book, Playbook for Progressive, the fundraiser. And we never use the word pitch. We use the word appeal. We appeal to people because giving money is, is an amazing thing, right? I mean, giving money is, what's the point of money if you can't give it to, I'm serious, if you can't give it to the movement, What's the point? That's the best thing to do with your money, right? So what happens is they do become like a revival meeting, you know? I mean, people, I, I saw a situation where somebody came up to me privately and said, when you get to $500, call me because I'm going to give $500. That's how I do it. I don't call people out of the audience. And I said, great. So then one of our members got up and said, listen, I'm on SSI and on uh, John Bell. And he said, uh, I'd like to dedicate this to the memory of my father and give $250 to the Strategy Center. At which point, the person who said they were going to give 500 jumped up and says, I give 2000 Why? Because he saw John Bell give $250 from he being on SSI. So fundraising is part of a revival meeting. You know, I mean, Mark does all this amazing work that Channing laid out, and we want them to have the money to do their job. I mean, this is not abstract. Give us the money to do our job to take on the system. 800-735-0230. If somebody could give in the $500 to $1,000 range, you know, you got to get to $10,000. In 250s, 500s, and 1000 
please call in. This is really exciting, 800-735-0230. Alan Minsky, I want to thank you for, you know, I don't know if people realize that Voices from the Front Lines began because a program director named Alan Minsky believed in us and gave us this show and said you should be on the air because you're on the front lines. That's how the show began, one person caring. And we had Tammy Bang Lu, and we have Damon Azali Rojas, and we had Manuel Criollo, and now we have me and Channing Martinez. So 1-800-735-0230. Alan Minsky, what's on your mind? Absolutely. And, you know, it's just essential that this kind of analysis that is on this show, this kind of uh, the, the bringing forward of the people who are from the front lines onto the airwaves of KPFK with the kind of de- in-depth analysis about the reality of the society and the world that we live in, that we have on Voices in the Front Lines every week on KPFK, and also the understanding of the history, the history of the movements, the history of the struggles that have brought us to where we are now, uh, that have tried to transform the world and are still working to transform the world, essential on the airwaves, and then this relationship, this uh, sort of symbiotic relationship with the voices from history that you hear as Eric and Channing talk about this content from the Pacifica Radio Archives. This was a group. This was an organization. This was a, a prominent activist, Eric Mann, who belonged on KPFK Radio, whose voices need to be a part of the voices that are collected in the Pacifica Radio Archives. And yes, Everything from the Pacifica radio station KPFK is recorded by the archives, so it's ongoing, folks. That's what you're supporting when you're calling 800-735-0230. We just need a few more of you out there. But let's have everybody out there call right now, 800-735-0230. Preserve our history, folks. Preserve the brilliant voices from our history. Preserve voices from the front lines from our history and from our present by calling 800-735-0230. And uh, it certainly was uh, an action that I was I remain incredibly proud to have helped facilitate bringing this incredible show onto the airwaves of KPFK. Alan, it's great to hear your voice, brother. <laughs> I miss you. It is, Mark. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I miss you too. Well, I yeah. called Alan. I said uh, I was listening to this amazing show we've done on Paul Robeson, you know, Portrait of an Artist. It's me and Channing at Allen. And like Channing said, it was a magic show. We've run it so many times, frankly, during Fun Drive, over and over and over and over. It raises, it's as close to perfect radio as I've ever done. And it is about friendship between people as well. You know, Mark, you know, when you call it, my answer is always an enthusiastic yes. I have so much, you know, I've been a busboy. I've been a waiter. I've been an operator mortally, a nurse's aide. I've been an uh, auto assembler. I, I'm more tell my jobs. But I love work, and I respect people who do hard work. When you tell me how much work is involved in taking each piece of history, that's work. People don't understand. You're paying to allow people to do their work. And... And who benefits? And who benefits? Actually, everybody benefits. Schools benefit. Our our programs are in schools as original content material, original source materials. And original source materials is very important. It's not work that other people did about somebody else. Right. This is the, ori- the origin of the content from the people who do the, do the actions 
who write the incredible orations that we hear. Uh, these are the original sources that other people write about. And to have these recordings in their entirety in context, because you can take anything out of context. Exactly. But when you have these speeches delivered in context, that's original source material that belongs in schools, universities, and libraries. So that's a great idea. It's a great idea for a gift for this uh, holiday season. Absolutely. And it's a great idea to give to your local schools. I don't care if it's grammar, high school, junior college, university, or uh, a community library. These are invaluable source materials that they would love to have and, and who can in turn share them with the community. Any new people calling? I'm afraid to uh, I think we have five new callers calling. So we still need um, about 10 people calling to reach Come our on, goal. Come on, folks. This is serious business now. You 10 can... people in six minutes. Ten, minute, 10 people in six minutes. you got to do it. 1-800-735-0230. You know, we've worked, uh, you know, I just want to talk about, you know, uh, Mina Roman and... Uh, G. Oakling, these are two friends of mine. Uh, I don't know where Mina's from. I don't want to, and I know she's obviously from Asia, and I know that G. Oakling is from Malaysia. And they formed the Third World Network about 32 years ago or more, just about the same time as the Strategy Center. And we have grown older together. But I listen to Mina, and I think that's one of the most brilliant minds. I spent uh, an hour with her Sunday. And then Ernesto Arce, who used to be the news director, worked together to produce these clips. He's now working with the Strategy Center, which is very, very cool. So what I'm getting to is I don't like all these books that say a new interpretation of Malcolm X, a new interpretation of Dr. King. We had a thing called We Speak for Ourselves. Don't interpret us. Listen to us. We don't need reinterpretation, thank you very much, by academics pimping off our work. We need to hear the original, and then you can make your own decisions. So at uh, 1-800-735-0230, whatever you want to call this work, critical anti-imperialist theory, critical race theory, critical of white folks theory, they are trying to get rid of it, folks. It's serious business that the work that you're doing, Mark, and the work that others are doing to preserve the voices that may eventually... Uh, not be heard. You know, they, they're going to be, let me be clear, they're going to have to be heard in community centers. They may be in underground. Yeah. I'm very serious. You may have to have an, an underground to just listen to this stuff. That's how much Trump and Biden, in my opinion, are moving to crush everything that our movement believes in. So 1-800-735-0230. Please, we're going to go and just listen to about a minute of Malcolm just because his voice is so brilliant. And then we're going to tie up and we'll do the best we can. But one more thing. What I, my favorite thing is at 359 or whatever it is, I get, you know, and then they, st- now you all start calling in. <laughs> 359. That's true. Four, you know, come on, folks. 1 800 735 Ten people to call in right now. Okay, ten people. Let's hear it from Malcolm. When I speak, I don't speak as a Democrat or a Republican nor an American. I speak as a victim of America's so-called democracy. You and I have never seen democracy. All we've seen is hypocrisy. When 
we open our eyes today and look around America, we see America not through the eyes of someone who, have, who has enjoyed the fruits of Americanism. We see America through the eyes of someone who has been the victim of Americanism. We don't see any American dream. We've experienced only the American nightmare. We haven't benefited from America's democracy. We've only suffered from America's hypocrisy. And the generation that's coming up now can see it and are not afraid to say it. If, if you go to jail, so what? If you're black, you were born in jail. If you're black, you were born in jail. In the North as well as the South. Stop talking about the South. Long as you South of the... Make that louder again. I'm sorry. I missed it. It's okay. What Malcolm was saying is, uh, Fannie Hamer said the same thing. This is Eric Mann. You're on Voices from the Frontlines, your national movement building show. What Malcolm said is, whether you've been born in the North or you're born in the South, Fannie Hamer used to say it's down South and down North. So those voices are not going to be heard right now. I ask you to call, please, one 800 735 0230. This has already been a wonderful day. You know, it's been a wonderful day. I have so much respect for the work of Mark Torres. Let's try to get that $10,000. 800-735-0230. We'll be back on next Tuesday, and we'll be playing a lot of the same stuff because we are trying to make history in real time. 1-800-735-0230. D'Angelo, how many seconds do we have? We have one minute. All right, Alan, say goodbye. Channing, say goodbye in five seconds. Call now at 1-800-735-0230. Call now. All of you out there, let's get 20 people calling right now. All right, Nina Simone's taking us out. How do we do, Mark? Well, uh, the phones are still ringing upstairs, so they are too busy answering the phones to text me what the totals are. So please keep those phones ringing. We have a full bank of phone answers right now. Speaking of critical, critical, right. uh, it is critical that you help support the Pacifica Radio Archives and our effort to continue preserving this community history going back to 1949. It's our history. It's the people's history. And you can help make this work. And D'Angelo Jones, thank you for everything. I know the work you do behind the scenes, but it means a lot to us. Absolutely. Deep appreciation. All right, Nina Simone, I love you when you open. I love you when you close. I love you all the time. And we'll see you next Tuesday at 3. This is Eric Mann on Voices from the Frontlines for the Pacifica Radio Archives. But then again, 